my name is Janice B. Gordon, and this is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 43 best podcasts for every sales professional. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn Sales as one of 15 innovating influencers to follow. In this episode of Scale Your Sales Podcast, I speak to a real go-getter, somebody that makes change happen. She has created and manages and runs three brands, Factor 8, which provides frontline job training for inside sellers and managers for enterprises. She has the brand bar, a subscription-based virtual sales training platform and open program to all. And then also hashtag Girls Club. It's a community and development program helping more women earn leadership positions in sales. So it's about community, it's about building confidence and also creating or getting management and career progression. In the podcast interview, we talked about how smart revenue leaders are getting their custom success teams. They're getting to understand that these teams is where the long tail revenue lies. And it's these folks that are really sellers and should be considered to be sellers. We talked a lot about authenticity and the the world that we're living in as women, as myself as a black woman, and how the sales environment and generally the business environment needs to change. So you're going to really enjoy this conversation. I certainly did. It was really heart-provoking. My next guest is the founder and president of Three Successful Brands. She's on a mission to change lives by helping all levels of sales feel more confident and more successful at work. Welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, Lauren Bailey. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you, Jen. I'm so happy. And do you know what? I need to put my time on because I know, Lauren, we are going to be talking forever. So I need something to hold us back for the next opportunity, which will be next year when we're going to continue the conversation, because I know we've got a lot to discuss. So I know that you're running, you know, various brands and businesses. So it would be really great to have an understanding of them and what they do and how they fit together, Lauren. Sure, sure, sure. sure. So I started my first company called Factor 8. I had just gotten out of um, a career in sales leadership and training leadership. So I kind of bounced back before enablement and revenue. And um, I could never find the solutions. I couldn't find a vendor who could give me really, really good tactical digital sales training. Like everybody talks about what happens when you get to the conversation, but not how do I get somebody on the phone and keep them on the phone and get them to respond to an email, And right? The digital side of it was missing. So I built it, and that was Factor 8. And then about 10 years in to Factor 8, I launched everything online on the sales bar. So the sales bar is where we serve up individual classes or six-packs or 12-packs. We might have a little too much fun 
with the bar puns, happy hour shots, all that stuff. Um, and, and we, that's for the mid market and SMB. Factor eight typically partners on large contracts with big companies looking to scale sales teams, but the offerings are available for smaller teams on the sales bar. And then about five years ago, Janice, I just got sick of answering the question, why aren't there more women in sales leadership? Oh, right? I'm like on the panel. Yeah. <laughs> and they ask us the same goddamn question every year. And then we have the same goddamn conversation about it at the women's breakfast. And it just, I, I'm one of those people that I can't keep talking about it. If I'm going to talk about it, I'm going to fix it. And I thought yeah. I had a way to do it. I had the sneaking suspicion that more women were getting into leadership not because they weren't in sales, not because they weren't great at sales, but because they were lacking the confidence to raise their hand and ask for the promotion. So I built a program called Girls Club, hashtag Girls Club. By the way, don't go to girlsclub.com at work. That's not the website. That will get yeah. you in trouble. That is yeah. not a very good website. Yeah. Look in the show notes for the real website. But Girls Club takes women who are in revenue-related positions and it gets them promoted rapidly, like 70% promotion rate in under six months, kind of rapidly, over 400 promotions so far and counting. So that's a project for me. And it's amazing because I get to be surrounded by all these just badass females. And that, I mean, that's fun, right? We were just talking about that before we started recording. Exactly, exactly. This is really interesting. That's an incredible success rate. So who is Girls Club, hashtag Girls Club for? Okay, so we built it for the rep who's thinking one day maybe about being a manager but isn't totally sure and probably doesn't feel ready and yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, right? And what we learned is that that's about 50% of our audience. The other 50% are the women who are already promoted into management but maybe aren't getting the training and aren't getting the support and don't see other women in the roles and, and want that extra boost. So then are there kind of two separate different arms for them? They're coming together. They're coming together. They're coming together, yeah. And so we serve in two different ways as well. For our first five years, we would do a one annual cohort. And this is, it's a live six month, pretty intensive certification program, right? Where it's not just the training, but it's live stuff together and it's mentoring and it's chances to get spotlighted in your company and externally. Um, and then that's the graduation rate of 70%, right? They just take off like freaking rockets. But we've also now launched Girls Club On Demand, which is for the women whose company maybe couldn't pay to put them in or who doesn't have it during nine to five, who is out on mat leave feeding the baby at two o'clock in the morning, but wants to launch her career when she comes back. Mm -hmm. So two different ways we serve, but um, we find it's the diversity is great. When we have women who are currently BDRs, who are currently customer success managers, we had a VP of marketing come in because she had to run a sales team and just wasn't sure exactly how. So yeah. it's great when we have all the different personalities and levels. And I would imagine it's a great, um, not only a resource within the cohort, but also, you know, for job opportunities going oh, forward yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the for me is probably every, week or two, I get a text from somebody, right? LB, I was, you know, remember me? It's Melissa. I graduated in generation three. Look who I'm here with. And it's a picture of her with a mentor from generation two because she just hired her or right that those stories are amazing. 
And Janice, like, it, this isn't just in America. We launched this, and, and it's me and somebody else part-time, be clear. Like, we don't have a lot of, we have great sponsors to make it possible, but nobody's making a lot of money on this. Mm-hmm. 30 countries. Wow. Like, women want this, right? They find us. And mm-hmm. it's great because you feel like you found your tribe. Because so many times kind of siloed, right? In companies yeah. where we don't see other amazing women. And that's part of it. We bring in role models like you. Say, hey, look, look, here's women at the top. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you mentioned that, you know, you, uh, you, you suspected that one of the things holding women back to go further on into leadership was a lack of confidence. Do you think that that is still the, you know, they don't know how to ask for promotion and all of that? Um, I mean, one of my thought views, and I've read it, uh, um, quite a bit around this, is that, you know, women have to present themselves in a certain way to be asking for promotion, that the way that they present themselves isn't necessarily authentic to the way that they would normally present themselves. You know, like, it's almost like these are rules of the game. But they, you never created those rules, and it's not even your game, but you have to present yourself to be acceptable to that. But yet, people don't necessarily want you to act in that way. Oh so there's a, there's a disconnect between... The double standard. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what your thoughts are around this. Yeah, well, my, you're going to be shocked probably by my first thought, which is go and watch the Barbie movie. Yeah. Um, because they talk about this. Did you see it? I was supposed to see it tonight. Um, before, yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping to, yeah. And I really thought that, listen, I didn't play much with Barbie. I was a tiny yeah. boy. I've always been comfortable with the guys. So I was a woman manager in revenue. But I realized that when I asked for that job, it was almost like an out-of-body experience for me. I looked mm-hmm. back, back afterwards and I was like, where did I find those big girl pants that I just put on? And thank God I did because it launched yeah. everything for me, right? Yeah. Not everybody has those moments of bravery. And there's this amazing monologue you'll find in the Barbie movie that talks about what it is to be a woman. And it's, I'm not going to go on a sob story about it being hard because there's a lot of fabulous things about being, right? And I didn't grow up or come up in America, in, in corporate America, feeling put down. I didn't come up. It just, it felt normal, right? I found out later that I wasn't supposed to be hit on at work and that maybe I was um, drastically underpaid, right? So I I guess what I'm trying to say is that we're not about being woes made. We're about knowing there's enough opportunity for everyone. We're about highlighting the awesome men who do it right and lifting each other up instead of bitching about it and pulling each other down. Now, to answer your actual question, yeah, there's this double standard for women. I call it girl code when we speak in girl code, right? Mm -hmm. So any man in the world who asks his wife, how are you, and she says fine, knows by now that he's in big effing trouble, right? That's girl code. Here's another example. I challenge you to come up with one, too. Janice, why don't you come to dinner? And then you'll say, what should I Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, 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 nothing. I've got it. I've got yeah. it. And you understand that that means don't show up without a bottle of wine, right? Yeah. Exactly. You gotta bring something, but I don't want to ask you for it. <laughs> My job is to say no. Your job is to demand that you. Do it, yeah. Right. And then we'll do another round of that, depending on just how entrenched we are in girl code. 
Yeah. I, I wound up showing up to Thanksgiving at my mother-in-law's house because my husband doesn't speak girl code. <laughs> Mom, well, I want to know what she can bring. Mom says nothing. The husband literally lets me show up with nothing. He doesn't get it. Yeah. So we we learned from a very young age that we have to be pretty, but not too pretty. We have to be outspoken, but not too loud. We have to be smart, but not overshadow. Yeah. And and that's the monologue you'll hear in the Barbie movie, and it can be tough. So yeah. um, being authentic and being direct is not something that comes naturally to a lot of us. Yeah, because of all, I, I get it, because of all of the mixed messages, it's clear to us. But, you know, like, okay, so direct, but not too direct, and, you know, kind of like confident, but don't overshadow. To what degree does, is that? And in different cultures, different uh, business environments, it, the degrees are going to change. You may overcook it or not. I mean, it's like, it, you need to be, you know, psychotic in order to navigate the different unwritten rules, you know. Um, that's why I've been successful. I clearly have some instability. Now, but listen, I remember the first time I was training in the UK. So I was in my late 20s, uh, and IBM was sending me around the world to teach their people how to sell direct. And I was in Greenwich, Scotland. <laughs> And um, I was not very happy with how things are going in the facilities, uh, right? Like I'm putting on this huge show trying to get everybody moved in this big direction. And I couldn't even get the damn trash emptied in this room, right? It was like, could I get some goddamn support here? Yeah. I was feeling on the inside. And yeah. so I raised my hand at the end of the day and said, do you think I could get somebody down to empty the trash? Hmm. Anyway, I found out a week later that everybody on that team thought I was a bitch mm. and it crushed me Janice and it, it crushed me right why am I a bad person why am I and this is what happens to young women because when they speak up they get called the b-word mm. and so when we find other powerful women like in girls club we learn to celebrate that moment yeah right? it's yeah. like a coming of age in corporate America yeah for women now and, yeah. and I'm so happy to bring that to that next generation because instead of crying about it we high five about it yeah, I think it's interesting that the, the world is, is beginning, not entirely, but, you know, it's beginning to come around so that you can, you know, instead of going in a, uh, um, to a women's group and celebrating these things, you can outwardly celebrate these things. And there's going to be a number of people that know what you're talking about. Not everybody will, is going to get it. But because we've gone through... Um, me um, too movements and all of the movements that have, have come after that it's created a sense of awareness that there are uh, those injustices out there so people have, have heard the vision even if they don't join the conversation that so that's what did it isn't it yeah, I think, right? yeah. It, it, yeah. we just quit being quiet about it, mm. it right forever we all knew it was there we all knew it was there but we weren't talking about it and we didn't come together to support each other yeah, that's yeah. That's a big difference. I think that women helping women, um, it is new in society, sadly, because somehow we were taught we had to compete for the resources, for the job, for the man, for all of those things, right? For the attention. 
And we realize now that that's bullshit. So we've moved from the scarcity mindset to the abundance mindset and it's, it's helping us. It's beautiful. It is. It's lovely. I often say things and I think, oh gosh, welcome to my world. You know, it's nothing new to us, but it's a revelation to them. So I think it's important to still join in the conversation, even if it's like, yeah, done that, got the t-shirt and everything like that. So what's your attitude as to how things are going to progress going forward? Are you feeling buoyant, confident, or do you still, do you think this is still, we've got a long way to go. It's still going to be a slog. We've got to keep pushing. Or do you think that the momentum is now caught up that it will keep under its own energy, keep moving? No, I think it's going to be a slog for a little while. I think it will right. continue to be a slog. Um, it, because corporations and society, if you will, the, the attention waxes and wanes, right? Listen, in, in, in the U.S., we had some really unfortunate, horrible things happen with our police. And then everybody had a DEI initiative. And now there are people actively tearing it down, which breaks my heart, right? And the same things happen with me too, right? Oh, we need to do all these things for women. But now nobody seems to really be thinking about it, and it's not it's yesterday's news, and so it can come back down. So I think that it really has to be also in the hearts and minds of individuals, right? I, I don't blame inequality or wage gaps on white men that there are institutions that that continuous that continue this and, and and it doesn't mean that they're bad i think that people inherit inequities and they don't know how or when to check it which is by the way why we've recently done some work on this you can find on our website wage surveys yeah. and even webinars with lawyers helping people figure out how to go check because that's the first step check for inequity right check for wake ups. But I think that at least 50% belongs with us, right? In, in teaching our sisters how to ask, how to negotiate, and what's available to be negotiated. We've done a lot of surveys and men will negotiate salary on a new job approximately three rounds. A woman's average is one, which means half the time she takes what she's offered, the other half Right. It's one and a half to two rounds. So it right there is where the gap starts. Yeah. Right? Um, we do surveys every year in Girls Club about have you asked for the promotion? And if so, why not? And Janice, the research tells us every single year that women sit on their hands. Well, I'm not I'm not I don't know how to do that yet. And I've got more to perfect here. And I'm not sure I know what that job's about. And I just don't think I'm ready. And someday maybe. Yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, but yeah. So the study came out of HP called the confidence gap. Where if there's 10 things on the job description, a man applies at six, a woman applies at. ten. <laughs> so part yeah. of it is training ourselves. Right. So when we do confidence building in girls club, it's about risk taking. Yeah. And in order to fuel risk taking, you have to squash perfectionism. Mm. Those two things are directly related. Right. Perfectionism starves confidence. They cannot coexist. Mm. Mm. I absolutely um, I love this. I absolutely love this because it's it's about being aware. The sense of, uh, you know, knowing what your colleagues are earning doing the same job, it's, it's invisible. You just don't know. But when you go into 
like the girls club and had those conversations and suddenly realized that you needed to have gone you know not just to stage one but stage three in order to negotiate that salary increase or how to find out what other people are earning if you don't know you just don't know so the best thing is to to be informed and then you i think once you're informed in a way because if if you're in the same job and you realize that you're earning 40 percent less that would urge you enough to motivate you to do something yeah unfortunately most of us when i say that because i've been there um <laughs> find that out and vote with our employment we're yeah. so angry and hurt we leave by the way it happens over and over again also with the women who are meant to interview their boss because right and they're like why didn't they ask me for this job i can do this job better than that turkey Right. Well, guess what? They didn't ask you because that's not how it works. <laughs> you have to raise your hand and say, I want that job. Yeah. And it's not cocky and it's not awful. And you're not making yourself a peacock by doing it. It sounds mm. like this. OK, I'm going to give you words to use. This is my boss. I've been on the job for I don't care if it's five minutes, ladies. It's never too early to ask. I have people who ask in interviews. Mm. OK. Janice, can you help me understand how career paths work around here? I've, I've noticed there's a lot of uh, people rising into management from within, and career progression is something I really value. It's important to me to do that. So could we work on a plan together about my career path? Yeah. That's non-threatening. It's it, right. Yeah. There's no nothing wrong with that conversation. No. So I was I was speaking at a women's event. Short story for you. And this was a really was outreach. You and I met at a yeah, event. yeah, we did. So this was their women in sales event, and they'd flown in the female sales reps from all their different locations pre-COVID. And there was it was like a year anniversary. I was speaking with a couple other people. Uh, There's like five men at the happy hour before the speaking, and I made a chance to include them and thank them yeah. for for being there. So I'm standing next to a manager. We'll call him Russ, and I'm standing next to a rep. We'll call him Dusty. Okay. Dusty was literally a new hire. This was Thursday. He was hired on Monday. Right. And we were talking about women in sales and the the mission of Girls Club to get more women to the top. And he says to his manager, huh, how do you get ahead around here? And his manager talks about the paths. Okay. Fast forward an hour. It's the end of the panel. Margaret's taking questions. A gorgeous girl in the very, very back of the room raises her hand. She says, um, I've been a BDR here. Well, I've been, I've been a top performing BDR here for two or three years now. When is it too early to ask about getting promoted? Yeah. Three years, top performer, three days on the job. And that's the difference. Yeah. Wow. Right? Yeah. yeah. So you just go and ask. Yeah. Incredible. You've not even proved yourself and you're asking, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. But, yeah. but the manager, I mean, how did get asking? It's yeah. normal. Yeah. Yeah. But somehow we, 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 we doubt ourselves, mm. right? We don't know that we're allowed to ask and we think we have to prove it. We also feel like if we do everything right and we play by the rules, they'll come to us. Mm. Those aren't the rules. No, no. No, I love this. I love this, Lauren. Let me ask you, uh, uh, I was having this conversation earlier today with Julie Thomas, who you, you know, and this was around um, 
custom success teams, whether they're part of the sales cohort or not. What is your thoughts around this? Well, I think that SaaS has changed everything. Right. And it used to be that the revenue team did the big install and customer service got a few tiny little drips. And that ain't how it works anymore. Right. Mm. It's the models flipping. So, right. It's a small sale up front and the big money's on the back part of the sale. And not enough revenue leaders, I think, have embraced that. Right. So they have to love it up front, but then they have to use it and then they have to buy more and they have to keep buying it. So. I think that all too often we put customer service people into customer success instead of salespeople into customer success. And maybe that's because we have to do better as salespeople, Janice, right? I mean, nobody likes a salesperson, a salesy, pushy salesperson. But we do love relationship building, solution building, connectors and problem solvers. And that's what I think all salespeople should be. So, yeah, we've seen a trend in this at Factor 8 as well. We're typically okay. training people on the front end, but more and more teams are coming to us on this back end because the the folks that are sitting, the women who are sitting in customer success are uncomfortable. Selling, mm-hmm. Right? So we have to change that mindset a bit and help people understand that you're there to help them. And that's part of the role. You're not forcing things on them that they don't want. You're asking questions and solving problems. And that, and that makes me think that there are so many people that still have that idea that sales is, you know, the pushy salesman, you know, car salesman. They have, and especially women, have that in their mind. That's what sales is. Whereas actually it's not. It's about service, isn't it? It, it truly is. So I think that especially in today's world, marketing is taking over more and more and more of sales. Right. And listen, if they can do it without touching Anybody, but companies do that because it's cheaper and it's more low Amazon. They've taught us that, right? Yeah. But the marketing fund, and also it's gotten noisier, so it takes more and more touch and stuff in the channels to get somebody yeah. from unawareness all the way into I'm ready to buy. So if you think of it, the funnel, right? Awareness, research, right? Marketing stops and sales takes over when people need help. Just be really clear about that, right? That's... If they could do it on their own, they would. We are here to make the human connection to say, all right, let's look at your situation. And now we're going to bump that up against my solution. And let me tell you how it fits or if it doesn't fit parts, it does and doesn't fit. Because if they could figure that out without sales, sadly, they would. So if we look at it that way, isn't selling helping? Yeah. Right. And, and and isn't sometimes the help that we give getting people out of analysis paralysis and into decision making mode? Yeah. Sometimes that's the help because inertia is real. Right. Avoidance is real and busyness is real. And if I can go as, as long as I can without making decision, I will. So sometimes help is just, hey, remember that thing you said that was important to you? I'm here to remind you and I'm here to follow up. And and we feel pushy doing that, but it's a, it's a service to help people solve the problem they came to solve. I love that. In uh, sales is when people need help. That's when, you know, marketing ends and sales begins. And I think that's a great, great way of uh, looking at it. Now, I know that you, you um, train and, and support 
direct sellers, inside um, sellers. What trends are you seeing that are changing in that environment? Well, unfortunately, I feel like we're going backwards a little bit. Really? Yeah. Well, listen, the, the, the positive thing about COVID is that we taught so many new that they could sell digitally without having to be face to face. And we taught millions of people that they could hire people anywhere. And that's good for the worker, isn't it? That I don't have to, you know, get stuck on the M, what is it, the M4? M6. M6. M4, M5, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an old American movie. Anyway, that's a great thing. Unfortunately, um, in digital selling, we are still usually a younger salesperson than the enterprise face-to-face, gray hair, carry a suitcase seller. And I'm just seeing more and more people say this. Is what's breaking my heart, Janice. That's the hard part because it, it, it it's hard to learn how to sell anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I built Factor Eight because you don't come in and get a chance to sell. You come in and get a chance to fight with voicemails and emails and noise to get people's attention. Then you get a chance to sell. And what used to take three months to get up to speed to hit quota and get wins and enjoy coming to work is now taking four months and five months. Wow. Because companies don't have the training available virtually and the reps don't have the people around them they can learn from. So I'm trying to figure out how to get these people to pick up their damn phone or reply to my damn emails. And so I, I just try what comes natural, which is spray and pray. And so that our sales experience for consumers is going down, mm. right? And the sales experience for reps is going down. So people are failing out of sales and choosing not to stay in sales more and more often. And uh, that's why they need back to A to all the more, because if companies can't provide that ongoing uh, support uh, and training, then they need to outsource that. Um, in order to know that it's so expensive to recruit, <laughs> you it's know, so expensive it's crazy. It, yeah. It so yeah. there's new skills we have to master that people aren't teaching, mm-hmm. right? Like when's the last time you got a really good demo? I just did a LinkedIn poll about this, right? And like 10% of the people were like, yeah, they're not bad. 90% were like, I want to self-harm. Demos are so painful because we're not teaching people how mm-hmm. to do that, Right. Videos like Zoom were on it all day, but listen, the the fix your background and get a good microphone days are over. There's mm. this whole other level now of what we have to do to engage people. Yeah, I've seen some really painful yeah. meetings. Talking about painful emails and voicemails and you know <laughs> cutting through the noise. Sorry about that. No, no, so talking about painful. Um, why would you say that most organizations fail at the manager level? Ah, uh, well, that's the key to scale, isn't it? Right? That's the key to scale. Um, it, it, managers are former reps. 90% are, right? I was a rep five minutes ago. I been promoted to manager. And I used to run training departments and enablement departments. And we just don't have the energy, bandwidth, and budget to train these folks. Right? Which is exactly what I saw as a gap when I started Factor 8. So, fortunately, what makes people really great reps does not make them natural managers, right? Mm-hmm. Top reps are competitive and aggressive and all about the win and me, me, me and go, go, go. 
top managers have to be about the we and they have to work through people. And I, they're horrible coaches naturally. It's the, it's the worst thing in the world for me. I am me too. <laughs> so unfortunately, the vast majority of companies do not have development for managers. We survey this every year at Girls Club and the answer is under 30% have any kind of program <laughs> to help teach them, teach the managers what their job is, how it's, what they have to stop doing now that they're not a rep anymore and what meetings they have to have with their reps and how to do a good pipeline meeting and how to keep the pipeline clean and how to do a good one-on-one and for the love of God, how to be a decent coach. Yeah. Is that what you cover in your program as well? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And that's, by the way, that's, that's factor eight content that we use in girls club. Yeah. Girls club training on job duties is one leg on the stool. Confidence building is one leg on the stool and then community is one leg on the stool. Wow. And that secret sauce is what helps them take off like crazy. And and so that was, to bring it full circle, Janice, that was the hunch I had. Right? When I'm watching all these women who aren't raising their hands to get into management, I think, you know, every year I train hundreds of sales managers who have been in the job for years. And this content we're bringing to them is brand new. Like we get hugs. Oh my God, I finally understand my job. Thank you. I'm like great big guys, right? Yeah. And, and I thought they, the women think that everybody else has it figured out, but they don't, mm-hmm. right? They don't have it figured out yet. We're teaching brand new information and they've been on the job for three years. Yeah. So if we could teach them ahead of time, they would go in feeling more confident. Right to to be paired up with these guys as peers, and it really does make a difference. It's a hack anybody can use. If you'd like more women in your leadership team, give them an opportunity to train for the job before getting in the job. Wow, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is good. I like that. I like that. But you know, you need to be with a company. And I think it's up to, as you say, it's on us. It's up to us to be asking and even proposing these ideas within organization. You know, what does it look like? What do I need to do? Here's a suggestion. I can go on this, you know, factor eight, do the management, and then I'm ready. I'm ready to apply it in the company. Yeah. Absolutely. Most companies have a budget per employee for development but they're not really good at announcing it. No. So you can go and ask for it. I have found a program, whether it's Girls Club, whether it's Factorate, whether it's, it doesn't have to be mine, just find one, right? And and go ask for that budget. Uh, it's it more than often when you ask, you get. It's the being scared to ask that stops yeah. most of us. So Lauren, who is your hero or shero? Oprah Winfrey. Straight up, 100%. Talk about the original badass. So, I mean, Janice, this whole time we've been talking about the difference between men and women, but I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't spoken up to say, you want to talk about wage gap, right? Women were an 80 cents on the dollar, dollar compared to men, but black women are about 60 cents on the dollar. And that's complete bullshit. So, so many black women start their own companies. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Of course you do. I'm running my own company. Yeah, exactly. Right? If you're not going to treat me fairly, I'm going to come out here and make my own rules. Yeah. So I think I love that. It gives me chills. Oprah made her own rules. So she started 
right, in this industry who did not like people who looked like her for a myriad of reasons, right? She had the idea to be talented and black and fat. Mm -hmm. I mean, God love her. She was real. And people connected to her because she wasn't afraid to show she was real. I think she personifies authenticity and transparency, but also does that with her own power. And that speaks to me. And, and then, by the way, she used her platform for good, right? She yeah. got in there and got us talking about being our better selves and, and and the power of positivity and so many amazing messages that it, it, the, 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 her competition was bringing in my jealous lover who had his baby. I mean, that's such bullshit. Yeah. Right? The, the rest of the media played to the lowest common denominator, and Oprah raised the denominator. She took the, she took and the, to the media, that was part of the problem. She didn't fit the stereotype of what, you know, like doing, you know, the trashy. She really kind of kept leveling up and, and, you know, rising above it. And also platform, created a platform for a lot of other good people were talking about, you know, the, the um, really good authentic messages to help and support other people. So very much like-minded platform. Yeah. Yes. I know you have, and I want to read something to you. When we first yep. started talking, Janice, and I just saw your face light up, and uh, we connected so quickly. Look, I've read this so many times. Look what a mess it is. <laughs> right? It's yep. been ripped up. But it, you can cut this if you want, but I want you to hear it from me. Yep. It's called Find the Others. It's called, sorry. Find the others. Okay. And I can't even attribute it, but here's what it says. Trust me when I say there are incredible, beautiful souls out there who are creating a new world. They do not live in fear. It doesn't even enter their mind. They are vibrant. They are magnetic humans that are creating magic in this world. Janice Gordon. When you meet one, you'll know. Picture the life you want. Release fear, raise your vibration, elevate. Change starts with all of us. Find the others. Wow. That is, I'm leaving this in. That is incredible. Can you also send me that? Just take a picture. I'm going to print this in, in the show notes. I, I need to have this one up in my office as well. That is, that is like my heart just stops. That is incredible. We needed that yeah. today. Yeah, we'll find it in the and send it to you. Yeah, love that. Oh, wow. You know, like when you stops. Yeah, that was it for me. Yeah, yeah, we needed that. Sort of like living the life I'm meant to be. Yeah, living the life I'm meant to have. That's that's what we're doing. We're living the life I'm meant to have. That one's from Janice Gordon. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lauren, how can People get hold of you. You can find Factor 8 at Factor8.com. Girls Club is wearegirlsclub.com. And me, LB, just find me on LinkedIn, Lauren Bailey. This has been an absolute pleasure. I cannot wait to grab hold of you and give you a massive hug. Um, you know, I'm looking forward for us to meet again. We kind of connected in Napa, you know, although we've been following each other for many years. So this has been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to have that conversation with you in down for a whole afternoon and just wrapping. So I can't wait to have that with, with you, Lauren. Thank you so much for being a guest on Scale Yourselves podcast.
Thank you for the opportunity. It's been wonderful hanging out with you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the caption show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.